Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Say it in My God, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Good morning. How y'all doing? Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Else to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Good morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We glorify you, God. We lift up your holy hands and we just say thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. And be thankful. That's good. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. My God. To one body. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for sharing, John Elmore. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, thank you. Hey, Latanya Keith saying, good morning. Good morning, Kim Wynn. My God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Glory to God. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Father. We thank you. Good morning, good morning. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Glory to God, glory to God. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Oh, Jesus, I love that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Father. We thank you. We bless you. We praise you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How y'all doing this morning? Good morning. Mm. I feel good in my soul. My God, God is so good. God is so faithful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Say the name of Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Say the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He is so precious. He is so mighty. I was uh, watching the case for Christ last night, and I've seen it before. But sometimes when you slow down and watch something again, it will show you something different. And they get to the part when they're describing, the medical doctor is describing, and this is based on a true story, He's describing um, how Jesus was flogged. He's describing how Jesus was flogged. He's describing how Jesus was beaten. And the man was like, he tried to minimize it. He was like, oh, he was flogged. And he said, no, you don't understand. Like they ripped his flesh. Like they ripped his flesh. And as I was just sitting there, all I could do was say, thank you, Jesus because you took that 
for me. You took that for me. You took that for me. You, every bruise, every stipe, every time the cat of nine tails was in your back, you, every time they were peeling your flesh off of you, I, I might can't understand it all in the natural, but you took that for me. You decided to stand in the gap in place of me in flesh and you took that for me. Like you took that for me and I just couldn't be oh help to be overwhelmed with just everything. I'm like, oh my gosh, you stood in the gap and every time I've sinned and every time I've messed up, you were in the courts of heaven saying to God, don't. You were in the courts of heaven saying to God, don't, God, don't, God, don't, God, don't, God, don't. So my God, it's so amazing to see who you are as Jesus. As Jesus, it's so good for you to see and say who you are as Jesus. I'm like, my God, I thank you. My God, I thank you. And I know that this is real. Like I know how real you are because I know what I was like prior to this and how carnal and how just everything that God was doing. So just thank you, Jesus. Thank Jesus for all that he did. Thank Jesus for all of his sins. Thank that, that he took and he bore for us. Just thank him this morning. And this morning we're going to pray the names of God. We're not going to be distracted. We're going to press into a presence and we're going to pray the name of God. And we're just going to allow Jesus to be who and what he is in our life. And we are so grateful for you, Jesus. And we are so grateful for you, God. And we thank you, Holy Spirit. So don't be distracted. Keep, keep your focus on the sound of God and stay right there in the zone. We love you, Lord God. And we thank you. Yeah, God is good. God is faithful. And I was like, my God, look what you did for us. Look what you did for us. So we just thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus. Yeah, we thank you for standing in the gap. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for standing in the gap. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Father God. We glorify you. We magnify you, Lord God. We just simply say thank you. You are so amazing. You are so mighty. You are so powerful. You are our strong tower. You are King of Kings. You are Lord of Lords. You are the great I am. And we simply say thank you and we will not be distracted and we will lift up your name, Jesus. We will lift up your name because there is no name more powerful than the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for paying the penalty of our sins. We thank you for being over the cross on the cross for us. We thank you for every bruise and every lash and the crown of thorns. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We glorify you, Jesus. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Yeah, we thank you. Your name is so powerful. Your name is so mighty. You are our strong tower. 
We thank you, Lord God. We magnify you this morning. We lift up holy hands and we just simply say thank you. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God Almighty. We thank you. 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 Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you for forgiving us of all our sins and Thank you, Lord God, for keeping us from danger, seen and unseen. We thank you for who you are. We're just going to stop and pause and pray the name of God right now. And if you don't know the name of God, if you don't understand and know the name of God, just we're going to pray the name of God this morning. Pray the name of God. He is El Roy. He is the God who sees. So Lord God, we thank you for being El Roy. We thank you for being the God who sees, who knows us. We thank you, Father God. You see, we are not insignificant. You see us, you know us, Lord God. Just like Hagar, you provided us with everything we need. And even in our most times of difficulty, Lord God. We will trust you to be Elroy, the God who sees, who sees every circumstance, who sees every situation, who sees, Lord God, you are the God who sees. You are El Shaddai. You are an all-sufficient God, my God. I thank you, Father God, for being sufficient, Lord God. I thank you, Father God, that nothing is too hard for you, Lord God. And we will trust you to be El Shaddai, even in the most difficult situations, Father God. We thank you, Lord God, that you are El Elyon, Lord God, the Most High God. There is no other God that is before you, Lord God. There is no other God that is before you. We thank you, Lord God, for being Adonai. You are Lord. You are Master, Father God. And we just bind up every demonic attack, every demonic being, and every principality, and we send them back to the gates of hell in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for being Jehovah Nisi. You are the Lord, my banner. You are Jehovah Rojo. You are the Lord, my shepherd. My God, we thank you for shepherding us. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are the Lord that heals. My God, we thank you for being our healer. You are Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. You are there with us. We are never alone. You never leave us. You never forsake us. You are Jehovah Sadiknu. You are the Lord, our righteousness, Father God. And we thank you this morning for our righteousness, Father God, in Christ Jesus. We thank you. You are Jehovah Mekadesh, the Lord who sanctifies us. We thank you for sanctifying us and setting us apart. You are Jehovah Shalom, my God, the Lord who is at peace. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are the Lord God that will provide, Lord God. You are Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, Father God. We thank you for being the Lord of hosts. We thank you that your angels are encamped around us. We thank you, Father God that your angels are set in us and around us. We thank you that your angels are on this devotional. We thank you, Father God, that your word is going forth. You are Elohim Ozer Lee. You are God, my helper, Lord God. You are Elo, El, 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 
Sali, you are God, my rock. You are my fortress. You are my strength. You are Elsa McGill. You are God, my exceeding joy. You are Jehovah Gabor. You are the Lord mighty in battle. I don't have to go to war because you will go to war for me, Father God. You are Jehovah Gabor, the Lord mighty in battle. You are Jehovah El Emeth, the Lord God of truth. You are Jehovah Hashad, the Lord God that saved. You are Jehovah Sar Shalom. You are the Prince of Peace. Father God, we thank you for being the Prince of Peace. We thank you for being the great I am. We thank you, Father God, for the blood that's on the mercy seat. We thank you for how much you love us. We thank you for how much you trust us. We thank you for how much you believe in us. We thank you for your strength. We thank you that we can call on the name of God anytime we need. We thank you for who you are, Lord God. We thank you for who you are. We thank you this morning. We bless you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. We lift up your name, Father God. We lift up your name and we lift up the name Jesus. Thank you for Jesus. We lift up the name 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 Jesus. Thank you for 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 Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. We are so grateful. We are so grateful. We love you so much. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. 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 We glorify you. We magnify you, Lord God. We lift up your name. We lift your name up on high. We lift your name up on high. We thank you that the angels are encamped around us, around this devotional, in our houses, in our homes, in our cars. We thank you, Father God, right now in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Yeah, just make, just, just lift up the name of Jesus. Yeah, lift up the name of Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Word of God. We thank you for the Word of God today. We thank you for the angels that are in camp around. Yeah, Andrea, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. They will, they will bow down. They will bow down. They will bow down and know that Jesus Christ is Lord. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you for your word today. We thank you. We thank you that the angels are encamped. We thank you that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We thank you, Father God, that Jesus is real. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you that we're coming to the end of ourselves and we're coming more into the things of God. We thank you for strengthening us. We thank you, Father God, for letting us be steadfast, immovable, and abiding in your word. We 
we thank you, 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 yeah, 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 glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you. 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 Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We glorify you. We magnify you. We lift up the name of Jesus and we simply say thank you. Great is your peace, Lord God, and we will not be disturbed. We thank you for your undisturbed composure because we trust in you, because we love you, because you are mighty, because you are sovereign, because you are just, because you are fair. We thank you for loving the sinner. We thank you for loving those that do not believe. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. You are a just and a fair God. You reign on the just and the unjust. We thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, 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 thank you. Father God, we thank you, we lift you up. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, we thank you. We plead the blood of Jesus over this devotional. We plead the blood of Jesus over this day. We thank you, Father God for your power and protection. We cancel every assignment of the enemy and we thank you, Father God, for your holy name. There is no greater than love. Come on now, there is no greater love. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, God, Father God, for those that do not believe. We thank you for even those that do not believe, Father God. We we lay them before the altar. We lay them before you, Lord God. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Lord God, for those that do not believe. We thank you. You are opening the eyes of their understanding and the hope and call of who you called them to be in Christ Jesus and that the spirit of the Lord is upon them, Lord God. And great is your faithfulness, Father God. We thank you. You are putting laborers in their field, Father God, so that they can encounter you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for putting them in the path of this devotional, Lord God, that these words are being planted in their heart. And as they are listening, they may not even know. The word is getting rooted inside them and they are turning to Jesus right now. Even as we speak, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you that even as they are listening to this devotional, that they are turning to Jesus as we speak. We thank you that the word of the word of the God is active and sharper than any two edged sword and what no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Why? Because we who dwelleth in the secret place, my God shall 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 in the council of almighty so we thank you lord god we thank you we love the unbelievers we thank you because we know as we are speaking the word it's becoming active in their spirit and as it becomes active in their spirit when they walk away from this devotional it'll take over so we thank you father god we welcome an unbeliever we welcome anyone that does not believe we thank you father god we thank you father god we thank Thank you, Father God. We thank you that the word is being planted right now as we speak and that it will multiply and that it will increase in Jesus name. Let's get into the word today. I thank God. I'm grateful to God. I thank God for the Holy Spirit. I love the Lord God with all my heart. 
Um, I am so, so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for this body of believers. I'm so grateful for your faithfulness. God is grateful for your faithfulness. I know many of you are on vacation right now, and I know it's easy to be in bed and sleep, but you decided to get up to worship the name of the Lord and to partake in this devotional today. And I'm just grateful for all things that God um, is. I, I just thank you for all God is and all. So just stay focused. Uh, let's, let's, let's keep worshiping, praising God as we do. And as we always do. And we thank you, Lord God, for we are praying the names of God. We know you are Jehovah Gabor and you, we know, we know what you will do and how you will go to war for us. So we thank you. We are, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm, I'm super grateful. So let's get into the word today. Y'all make sure y'all share the devotional. Thank you. Also, if any of you have been constantly in partnership, please make sure we have your email, especially if you've been giving through cash app. If you will send us an email at info at just being right? We will, uh, we will make sure we just want to make sure you're getting all our notifications. We want to make sure that you're getting everything, right? Everything that we need. So let's just stay, um, stay, do that for me because it's becoming the end of the year and we'll be sending out information and we'll be sharing all the things that the ministry has done all year and all the places we've served and all the points of contact we have. So make sure we have second thing, do me a favor, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. We've been having a problem, um, with YouTube live. We've been having a problem with YouTube live. If we can get a thousand subscribers on YouTube live, I can go to YouTube live from my cell phone and I don't have to do it from my laptop. And so if you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, just go get subscribed to the YouTube channel and turn on uh, the notifications, right? And turn on the notifications. So make sure you do that and invite your friends to do that. Be like, we need 300 more subscribers on this YouTube channel so that she can go live. It's free, right? We need some people to be able to connect. It's free. So thank you for that. Go ahead and, um, uh, Brandy Clark will lift you up right now in the name of Jesus. It is hard to spend holidays by yourself. So we just thank you that you comfort and you're comforted during the holidays and that you won't be sad during the holidays and that God will fill you up and give you, um, everything, everything, absolutely everything you need. So we just are grateful for that. Let's get into the word today. Uh, we're going to get into the word. Remember, we've been talking about how we are spiritual beings. We are not according to our flesh. And because we know that we are not according to our flesh, it's important for us to understand who we are in the spirit. It's important for us to understand our spiritual authority. It's important for us to understand how God divinely uses us here. Thank you for that. How God divinely uses us here so that we can walk out his purpose, his plan for us. And I am um, just grateful for the revelation um, that God has shown, shown us, right? Um, that God has shown us. And so I want to connect I, what God has shown me this morning. I want to give you uh, without a doubt, right? I want to give you without a doubt what God has shown us this morning. I want to give you without a doubt. So let's continue into the word. Let's continue in to the word of God. I'm sorry. I'm excited. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm excited. I know what a divine setup looks like. I know what God looks like. I'm super excited. I'm just super excited. So 
Um, last week we started talking about us as spiritual beings. And as, as we're talking about us as spiritual beings, yes, the other day we talked about it's the spirit who gives life Romans. I mean, John six, 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 three, Um, today we, yesterday we talked about Romans eight and six today. We're going to cover Romans eight and nine. Remember when we were spiritual beings, I gave you some scriptures. One of them was Romans eight, and nine. It says, however, you are not in the flesh but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, but if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. So if someone doesn't have the experience of spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to him. So we're going to get into what that means for us today. And I want to talk to you about something I brought up yesterday, which was asking, seeking and knocking and asking, seeking and knocking becomes your security. Asking, seeking and knocking becomes your security. So we're going to go over to Matthew 7, 7 and 12. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find Knock and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks receives the one who seeks find and to the one who knocks the doors will be open. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone or if he asks for a fish, he will give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the laws of the prophet, right? And so where we are right there, um, Jesus at the beginning of this, he is talking about judgment and discernment. We're in Matthew 7. He's Sermon on Mount. He's talking about judgment and discernment. He's just told them, judge not, or you're going to be judged. Um, he just said to them, for with the judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So he's saying, look, we ain't got time to spend time judging anybody else. As a matter of fact, I need you to be spending primary time working on your interior spiritual life, which is exactly the same thing God had been telling us, talking to us about our giving, talk to, talking to us about our praying, talking to us about our fasting, talking to us about our materialism, talking to us about our anxiety over things, right? Now he's back to the place of teaching us how we treat others. And so he's told him, he said, I need you not to judge. I need you not to be judgmental. And one of the things we need to understand is when we are being judgmental, because he told us not to judge. And anytime Jesus tells us not to do something, it's a command, right? And so he told us not to judge because he knew how um, important this was in our relationships, that if we become judgmental in our relationships, then when we become harmful, so when he said judging not, even though it doesn't look like a commandment, it's a commandment. And so anytime we render judgment, right? Anytime we come in and we have something to say about what someone is doing, especially spiritual, we're rendering judgment. A good example of this is in Matthew 26, 6 through 13, um, when the woman was um, anointing Jesus's feet and they thought she was wasting something. And Jesus said she had done a good work. And so this is clear to us to understand. It's not on us to determine whether or not someone is doing a good work. My God, it's not on us to determine if, if, if it's Acts tells us if it's not of God, guess what? It's not going to last. If it's not a God, it's not going to last. So we don't have to spend a whole lot of time trying to figure out whether or not something works, trying to figure out whether or not something is effective. We don't have to do that. That's not what we have to do. So anytime we make the decision to be judgmental, 
we're breaking the command. We break the command when we think the worst of others. Uh, we break the command when we only speak of, of, of another person's faults. We break the command when we judge an entire life only by its worst moments. We're breaking the command when we judge the hidden motives. Even if somebody has a hidden motive, right? Even if somebody has a hidden motive, when we judge that hidden motive, we're breaking the command of what God said. We break the command when we judge others without considering ourselves in their same circumstance, without considering ourselves like we break the command we break the command um like when we serve the homeless right when we serve the homeless and we're out serving the homeless when we uh conditionally serve or when we're dealing with the women in the shelter and we're conditionally trying to figure out whether or not we should be a blessing to them because we are trying to figure out how they got there or why they get there no we break the command when we judge others without considering ourselves in the same condition and we also break this command when we judge others without being mindful that we ourselves could be judged. And so he's in the beginning saying, Hey, I need you to make sure you're not being judgmental. I'm telling you not to be judgmental. I'm telling you that you're going to have to make a decision to operate in self-control in here. Um, because often when we judge, we judge according to our own standard. Then he comes back and he says, with the same measure it used, it will be measured back to you. This is the principle upon which Jesus built the command. Judge not that you not be judged because God is going to measure my God unto you the same measurement that you use for others. This should be a different motivation in how we speak on others and how we talk about others and what goes on. This should be a same measure. So when we start looking at circumstances or situations in which we're dealing with people and they're being judgmental, we have to remember the same measure of mercy. Remember whatever a man sows, a man going to read, right? So we got to make sure that the same measure of mercy, the same measure of justice, the main, same measure that we want God to use with us, that we are using to other people. And then he goes on and says, how in the world are you going to be looking at the speck in somebody else's eye when um, you're not looking in the plank in my eye? And it goes back to our focus today, Romans 8 and 9. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, if the spirit of God dwells in you, right, then you're not going to even operate according to the flesh. You're not going to be judgmental. You're going to begin to see people the way that God sees people. You're going to be able to deal with, begin to deal with people the way that God, um, tells you to deal people and you're not going to spend a whole bunch of time um, focusing on somebody else's wrong, focusing on what someone else has going on, judging their circumstance and their situation. And I'm getting ready to show you how to get part because if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to them. We know this anyway, right? And so if the spirit of Christ is not in us, then it's easy for us to be judgmental. It's easy for us to be judgmental. If the spirit of Christ is not in us, it's easy for us to be conditioned to discuss or to pick people apart. And especially if we've been brought up into families, into circumstances, into situations in which we saw our people of authority be constantly condemning and constantly um, conditional. So he said to them, he said, what my gosh, what is going on here? You are looking at the plank specking somebody else's eye when you got a whole plank in your eye deal with your own plank first 
<laughs> deal with your own plank first. Like deal with your own plank first. If you'll take time and deal with your own plank first, then I promise you without a doubt, you will begin to see um, you will begin to see people differently. Remember, we've been spending time focusing on us. So if we've been spend the time that we need to do focusing on us, um, and I'm not talking about focusing on us from a self space of selfishness. I'm talking about if we spend the time focusing on us in Jesus Christ, like if we spend time mirroring, mirroring what Jesus was saying to us, then it's going to remove from us it's going to deal with the plank in our own eye. Like if I am aware, if I'm spiritually aware, if I understand that I am spiritually aware, yes, Ramonda, traditional judgmental patterns that's been passed on. Like we've all had them. We've all set in corners and spaces where our parents would talk about people or talk about uh, other people. And we were groomed in that. And we thought that was normal, right? And we would operate in that. Well, when we're operating in anything like that, guess what we're doing? We're operating according to the flesh. That is not the spiritual side of God. That is not the spiritual nature of God. The spiritual nature of God will not, will, will arrest those thoughts and say, you know what? there's something bigger. So he's like, look, I need you to check the plank in your own eye because actually you're probably blind. And that's what I love about this. The plank has probably made you blind. <laughs> the plank has probably made you blind. And the fact that you can see someone else and not see yourself, um, you can be critical of someone else and not see yourself. You always got a word for someone else and not yourself right? I'm just being for real. You always got a word for someone else and not yourself, right? Um, then what you'll do is you'll be easy to see, uh, what someone else is doing wrong and you'll mental this. Well, that's not the spiritual side of God, but most of us have been taught that for so long. We operate in that almost naturally. We operate circumstance coming. Well, circumstance comes up. Well, why, why did they get there? Well, how did they get there? Well, what did they do? It doesn't matter how they get there. It doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter what has happened here. What matters most is that I'm not going to ignore the plank in my eye. I'm not going to be hypocrisy. A really good example of this is when David is talking to Nathan and Nathan is giving him a spiritual example. And he's talking about David and David has just sinned with Bathsheba and he had Uriah killed. And Nathan came and said, Said, oh, I know a man. And he brings this whole scenario in of what he knew a man did. Right. And then David turned around and said, oh, you need, he quickly condemned him. He was like, you need, we need to castrate him. We need to deal with him. Da, da, da. He quickly condemned him. And Nathan was talking about him the entire time. So Jesus is saying, I need you to first remove the plank from your own eye. I need you to first remove the plank from your own eye. And then you're going to, you're, you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. If you deal with your own planks, right? It's not, it's not that you can't help somebody with a speck in your eye. It's not that you can't bring to someone's attention, but if you're dealing with a plank in your own eye, right? First, your gentleness and how you deal with the person with the speck in their eye becomes different. It becomes, it, it becomes different. It becomes different. And 
Miss Sandra, that's a good thing. Pray that I have eyes to see the best in everyone. Pray that I keep no records of wrongdoing. Praying that I'm not seeing you from your circumstance. Cause go back when we do this, right? We break this command when we think the worst of others. We break this command when we only speak to others of their faults. We break this command when we judge an entire life only by its worst moments. But if I'm dealing with myself, then when I have some conversation for you, my conversation for you looks different. <laughs> my conversation looks full of compassion. And when I'm guiding you, I'm guiding you because I've overcome in my testimony. Like I've overcome in my testimony. I've overcome. I'm overcoming. And so he was saying to them there at and I'm just telling you, that's why I understand life is a spirit even more as we are studying the scriptures. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. But in my flesh, I'm going to judge your spirit. If I'm in my spirit and the spirit of God dwells in me, then I have the spirit of Christ. If I don't have the spirit of Christ in me, then guess what? I don't belong to God. If I'm not dealing with people, how Christ and Christ was compassionate and Christ was merciful. And so, so he says, I need you to stop looking at them and I need to deal with your own things. And then what I love is he, he talks the next part of the scripture. He said, and then let's balance love with the discernment. And he says, do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you into pieces. Right. He warned, he said, he warned against judgmental attitudes and self-blinded criticism, right? But what he's saying is he's not saying you can't suspend all discernment. You have to be able to still discern, right? You have to be able to deal with what you're dealing with, with hypocrites. You have to be able to deal with whether or not an able, a person is even able to receive what you are saying. When I am talking to someone and God has shown me something or I start asking questions or I'm trying to get a hidden truth revealed to them and they cut me off. I get through talking. I just get through talking because the scripture has taught me don't cast my pearls before swine and I'm not calling them a pig. But what I've had, what I've known is, is your precious pearls, the things that you have revelation on. Um, if you don't have revelation in this particular area, it's going to confuse you and you just going to get more angry with me. And so I may share something with the person one time. And I, if I feel resistance, if I feel haughtiness, if I feel pride, I shut down and I say, okay, especially when I know the Lord has given me wisdom on something or he shall. And this is especially with unbelievers. We have to be very careful with how we handle unbelievers. We have to be very careful. We, we have to still be gentleness. The scripture says let ever let gentleness be evident that your Lord is near. That's why anytime we're dealing with someone who's not a believer, we don't get riled up or upset or overwhelmed. We, we walk in word. We walk in the Lord. We walk in how we're supposed to, right? But if we're in a position where we're dealing, but using this discernment back up, we don't judge them because they can't get what we're not seeing. We position ourselves. And that's the next part of what I want. We position ourselves in a different type of security and we begin to do what he says do next. So if they're not receiving what you're saying, right. And God helped me with this. I was, I was having a, uh, and it was, it wasn't a conflict between me and this person, but I was having thoughts about someone, these thoughts 
keep kept coming up. And I asked the Lord, I said, what is happening? Why are these thoughts keep coming up? And God was like, because you're grieved and you see a pattern in this person that this person doesn't see. And you've been grieved by the situation because you keep seeing them cycle back. And I've known this person for a while. And so they were like, you keep seeing them cycle back. And they've already shown you they're not going to take your wisdom. They're haughty when you deal with them. They cut you off. They shut you down. And so it's been grieving you because you love this person so much. But I told the Lord, I said, I don't want to be judgmental. I don't want to be condemning. So I had to ask the Lord. I said, I need you to show me how to pray for this person. What do I need to pray for them? Because I don't want to be um, off standish. I don't want to be any of these things. And he was like, this is what we need to do. And I said, can you show me what I need to do? And he was like, you're going to have to pray the word for them. You're going to have to pray that they're uh, the eyes of understanding, because one of the worst things that we, we think, we think because someone is saved and they're in church, we think that they should, well, they should know better. But if my eye, the eyes of my understanding are not open to this particular area, I won't know better. I won't know better. I can be saying Jesus. I can be in church all day. I can be at quoting scripture. I can be serving in ministry. I can be doing possibly all of that. And still my eyes are not open. And so I just found myself. I was like, what is going on here? And finally, the Lord had to tell me, he said, you're grieved in your spirit because you've been watching cycles and pattern and you know, they're cycling right back and they won't take your wisdom. I gave you a wisdom for them. They won't take your wisdom. And you're like, it frustrated you, but I don't need you to get frustrated. I need you to get in a position to pray for them. And it was like two people, two people I love. And so I was like, okay, Lord, show me how to pray for them and not trust myself. So this is when he gave me the next part of the scripture. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. Ask, seek, knock, right? Ask, seek, knock. He didn't say knock, right? Knock, knock. He didn't say knock first. He said, ask, seek, knock. Yeah. And, and so when our eyes are not open in a particular scare area, when the scales are on our eyes, uh, when we can't see the things the way the Holy Spirit says, when pride, can I tell you some pride is so subtle. We won't even, if someone can't talk to you about your current situation or give advice to you, when you know it's somebody who operates in the wisdom of God, then I'm just going to be honest you're probably dealing with a problem of pride and you're talking to somebody who used to be one of the most prideful people ever, right? One of the most prideful people ever. And when God moved into my heart, he began to deal with my pride and I had to shut up. I had to realize I didn't know as much as I thought I knew, or if I did, then I wouldn't, these continuous cycles in my life wouldn't continue, especially when I was still trying to do things in my own strength. See, the way that seems right to a man is often coupled in our own strength and our own decisions. And we'll be praying for wisdom, but we won't even let God give us the wisdom we need for the situation. So he said, ask, seek, not. Jesus told them, he said, have intensity, passion, and persistence. That's what he was saying. Having intensity, 
passion and persistence in prayer. That's what he was saying. He came back to the subject of prayer. He had already dealt with prayer. He had always said, this is how we should pray. Our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? So he comes back and he gives another description in prayer. He said, you need to get in a position of asking. You need to get in a position of seeking. You need to get in a position of knocking, right? So you're seeing a different aspect and then there's a different reward after this. So prayer is like, is like asking and that we simply make our requests known to God and everybody who's going to ask, guess what? You're going to receive, <laughs> you're going to receive an answer. You just got to make sure you don't answer yourself. You got to make sure you don't position yourself to answer yourself. And a lot of times we will answer ourselves and not really realize we're answering ourselves because we may not want to hear what God is saying. Right. And so we got prayer is prayer is is like that. So if I'm in a position where I'm asking, making our simple requests known before God. So here's the thing. We know Matthew says, God, God says, do not worry, right? Do not worry. I know what you stand in need of. That does not mean that you don't put your requests before God. You just don't worry before God. So I can, this morning I was say, I was like, man, I mean, I was looking at some things and I was like, I need this. I need this Lord. You know, I was just saying it to myself and I heard the Holy Spirit say, ask me for it. Ask me for those things that you desire, because I've told you I'll give you the desires of heart, not beg me for it, not worry over it. Just simply, Daddy God, I need you to provide this. Daddy God, I need you to do this in Jesus name, right? In Jesus name, I need to see this happen. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to, and there's a reward in asking. And then the next part of this is seeking. We're going to seek. We're going to search after God. We're going to search his word. We're going to search his will. We're going to search that because if I seek after him, I'm going to find it. And the finding it is the reward of seeking. Finding is the reward of seeking. So if I am, if I'm asking, I'm going to ask first, right? If I'm, I'm going to get the reward. There's a reward in asking. You're going to receive. You have not because you ask not. So I'm going to receive. So I was asking God some very specific things in the morning. The second part of this is Prayer is like seeking. Well, if I begin to seek him, I'm going to find what I need because I seek him. So when I started asking him what is going on here with the relationship with my friend, right? Then the seeking came, show me this in your word. And he brought me to this scripture and said, you need to ask me what to pray for this person. We do not do that enough. Ask me what to pray because we'll, we'll see something. We'll soon, we'll get in judgment. We'll stay. I just showed you those things. He says, so I need you to seek, seek. I need you to seek it in your words. Seek with care. Seek, seek with application. Seeking is also applying it. I'm not just seeking it, but I'm also applying it. I'm asking with confidence and humility, and then I'm going to seek it with care and I'm going to apply. And then the last part of this, I'm going to knock with earnest perseverance. And what I'm saying is when I'm knocking is if I sense a resistance, if I sense that this person is still in this path, or if I sense that God has not opened up a door in a particular area, then I'm knocking for entrance. And when I knock for entrance, I'm saying to the Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm thanking the Lord as if it manifests, I'm knocking, I'm continuing to knock. God promises an answer to the one who diligently seeks him. And many of our prayers are so passionless 
and they don't align with kingdom that they're not getting answered. So God values persistence and passion in prayer because they show we share his heart. When we are praying his will, when we are praying and not praying in vain, then the next part of this says, guess what? We're going to receive what we need to receive from God. And he told me this morning, he said, you're not praying that you're not praying for that person's downfall. You're not praying for them to fail. You're praying for my will to be done. You think I ain't going to answer that? You think I'm not going to answer that? Well, that's what a life by the spirit looks like in prayer. You think I'm not going to, you're going to make your request known before me and I'm not going to answer this, right? So let me tell you the things that you need to have to apply this one. You're going to have to have Jesus. You're going to have to have Jesus because this scripture over here, Romans eight, nine says, however, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, but if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not have not belong to him. You're going to have to have Jesus and you're going to have to submit to Jesus. Um, John 14, six says Jesus answered, I am the way. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. So the first thing you're going to have to have is you're going to have to have Jesus and you're going to have to have Jesus perspective on whatever you're asking him for. It's not just about people and relationships. It's whatever. I need to have your mindset on this, Jesus. I need to see this from your way. I need to see this from your perspective. The next thing you're going to have to have is you're going to have to have the Holy Spirit so you can discern the things of God. You're going to have to have the Holy Spirit so that you can discern what God is saying to you about it. First Corinthians 2 14 says the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians 12 and 10 to another miraculous power, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. Well, we know those gifts come because of the Holy Spirit, right? First Corinthians 14, 29, two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what is said. That's discernment. First Corinthians 14, 33, for God is not a God of disorder. He is not a God of disorder. He is not a God of disorder. And so anytime you're dealing in a situation in this disorder, he's a God of peace. All as in all of the congregation of the Lord's people, right? And so um, 1 John 2 and 27 says, as for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things and as the anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. And then first John four and one says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And we know we test that through the word of God in first Kings three and nine. He, they asked, so give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong for who is able to govern this great people of yours. So we got to ask God, God, I need you to give me a discerning heart so that I can discern the things of God so that I ask, seek and knock accordingly, according to your will and nothing else. And then the last part of this is you're going to have to have persistency in the things of God. Galatians 6 and 9 says, and let us not grow weary of good doing for in a due season, we will reap if we do not give up. 
We will reap. And it says, and I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, it will be open. Right. And so we have to pray with heart and we have to pray with persistence and we have to knock no matter what we're seeing. We have to keep knocking. Thank you, Lord, that it's manifesting. So if we see something and as a manifested, thank you, Lord, that you are in my finances. Thank you, Lord. God, that you are walking this out according to your purpose. Thank you, Lord God, that you have heard every prayer. That's what the knocking sounds like. Remember, we enter into, come on, Holy Spirit. We enter into his courts with thanksgiving. We enter into his gates with praise, right? And so if I am knocking with praise at the door, that's what's going to open the door. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that it's manifesting. Thank you for my new home because I've already positioned myself in prayer. Well, when I knock with thanksgiving, I'm opening the door. The doors will begin to open because I'm thanking God and I have an expectation and I have a faith that won't be moved by my circumstances or my situation. I'm not going to be moved. I'm going to stay true to what God has told me about the situation and I'm going to discern and I'm going to ask him for it and I'm going to seek his will right it's easy to seek our own will I'm going to ask him for it and then I'm going to begin to seek his will for this situation. What is your will for my finances? What is your will in my relationships? What is your will? And then not moving, knocking at the door of persistence, not moving until I know God has answered me and no one else. Like, and I don't answer myself. One of my biggest problems I had was I used to answer myself a lot. And I used to so like I talked to you about soul ties. I used to, I used to put myself in a position and um, there are spirits that will speak in your soul and make you think you're hearing from God. And if you have not been strong enough in the things of God yet, if you still growing in some areas in the things of God, if you know you were off kilter last year, then you really have to spend time learning to discern God's voice over your voice and someone else. And that's like this last year for me has been intense, intently learning to discern God's voice above everybody else. But I had to keep asking. I had to keep seeking and I had to keep knocking. I had to keep knocking. I had to keep seeking. I had to keep asking. I had to keep knocking. I had to keep positioning myself to seek his will. I had to learn to be more quiet. I had to learn to discern and really eat the word of God. Like God needed me to eat the word of God. Because a lot of emotionalism and a lot of theology and a lot of, a lot of religious overtures were taking over some of my thought processes. And it's really hard when you're intelligent. Like if you operate in a higher level intelligence, it becomes really difficult. So let me read this over you today. Let me read this last part of this um, for us today to understand just the power of the word in our asking, our seeking, and our knocking. That's why I know it's better for you to take the plank, right? Even for those of us that are called into ministry, there are teaching, there's a preparation phase to you. My God. And a lot of us don't want to wait on the preparation phase. We want to jump out there and we don't spend enough time allowing God to prepare us so that he can position us so that we could be effective. And when we don't spend enough time in the preparation phase, especially if you've been wounded, if you've been through a tragedy, you need to be in a healing tank. You need to be in a healing season. And most of us will continue to serve instead of heal. We will continue to go instead of heal. We will continue to, we ask and 
seeking, knocking, but we're not even standing at the door. We'll knock and we'll be moved on to something else because that has become our vice we've used for healing. That has become how we heal. And God needs you in like a healing and an incubation so that you can go serve and be effective. But most of us don't want to sit in the incubation. So I want to read Philippians four over us. It says, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive from my work. Now I appeal to you, Odea, and sink, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. They had an argument. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women, for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are written in the book of life. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, with ex which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. As I, we usually break those scriptures up. We say, be anxious for nothing, everything in prayer and supplication. We take that part and we hold on to that part. Then we get over to, um, and fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable and right and pure and lovely. Well, we separate them often when really they go together, really they go together. So he's saying, don't be anxious Ask with Thanksgiving. You're going to get the peace of God because you're asking, seeking and knocking. And then what you're going to turn around and do, and this is a self-control thing. You're going to fix. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.